Good evening, everyone. Your goal is to listen to this podcast about Mummy on the Orient Express. Isn't this exciting? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, this might be my favourite show of the series so far. <gasps> Shock. Horror. 66 seconds. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I think I was actually really pleasantly surprised by this one. Mm. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Um, again, um, I sort of find myself saying that. Um, you see, I mean, the trailer looked like like really fun, and mm-hmm. but then you, then uh, over here you sort of get the spoiler-free previews, which you sort of you know you glance at and just sort of. And Den of Geek, who you know do a lot of do a lot of writing on the subject. I mean, they didn't rate this episode, hmm. and I was like, oh, okay, because generally, you know my my line sort of generally falls in with theirs yeah so i was like oh, okay then and you know i watched it and i was blown away by how much i enjoyed it yeah i i, I really like this one i i it wasn't as dark as i thought it might have been actually yeah actually yeah it did it 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 really did sort of a nice lining kind of it was dark humor definitely mm. But yeah, I thought it was, and it, again, this series sort of continues to surprise me with some of the mechanics of storytelling they're sort of choosing to use. Mm. And again, the way the direction has kind of uh, has changed this mm-hmm. series to sort of make it more mature and much more film-like, mm-hmm. it's really serving the stories well. And the, the sort of the the gimmick, if you will, of the 66-second countdown happening re- in real time. Yeah, I, I really like that bit. I like that. I did as well. I mean, because it's the whole thing of like, this this bomb is going to go off on 30 seconds and you mm-hmm. count in your mind and it's usually a minute and a half. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, but this time, it sort of it didn't let them have the get, get out of, you know, someone talking for too long mm-hmm. or sort of the doctor being able to get out of it by having sort of two minutes rather than one minute, six seconds. But by having that countdown in the corner, Mm -hmm. you couldn't, they couldn't escape it storytelling wise. I think it kept them really honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now um, there's one major thing about this episode that um, I sort of have to like go back and like hold my hands up about what I said in the last episode. (laughs) You know, I hate being wrong in public. Everybody forget that happens. (laughs) Clara. Yeah. I, I wasn't expecting that at all. No, I wasn't, actually. No, I mean, because me and you were both fairly convinced she wouldn't be in this episode at all, and mm. the trailers went to great lengths to to make sure that she wasn't in any of the shots that we saw. Mm. But it was really... It, I think, actually, having Clara in this episode, it really kind of helped mm. sort of the, the narrative move along. And, yeah, I wasn't expecting what she did at the end at all. Yeah, I mean, I think it was good, a very good idea for them to have like this because, as they say in the, this the show, this is sort of like their last hurrah. Mm. Sort of like they've made up to a point, but Clara's still, well, she's still saying to herself out loud that uh, she's done with the Doctor. But it's it's kind of what I was kind of hoping they would do if like Jenna Coleman was leaving, is that they would part on better terms. Mm. And um, surprisingly, Danny seems quite right by it. Um, he says, you know, enjoy your space train and all that. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it was actually interesting seeing the few little bits with uh, Danny, especially when she's calling him like from her uh, room on board the Orient Express. He says, you know, dumping him is a bit scorched earth. Mm, I'm know? still I'm still somewhat on the fence about him. Mm. I still I still feel like that he's I feel like this sort of is being said with an expectation that this is the last hurrah mm. that she will somehow get this out of her system. Yeah. And you know be be okay with this being the end of their you know their travel mm-hmm. together. 
I still think that Danny has an expectation that has that expectation. And I don't think anything he's kind of done or not said mm-hmm. in the last couple of episodes has really changed my mind about that. Yeah. Um, I think he's sort of, I think there's much more of an impression that he's just kind of, he sees that he's, he's almost kind of going to come second fiddle to the doctor kind of no matter what he does do. Mm-hmm. Because like he said in the last episode, he, she, if she truly hated him, Mm. she wouldn't care so much. Yeah. And like, um, oh, what's her name? I want to say Maisie. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yep. Maisie says um, to Clara, you know, people do it all the time that you end on a slam door. Mm -hmm. And you'd say this isn't the behaviour of someone who is letting go, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, so I think a lot of people are kind of seeing, obviously, you know, the audience ourselves see it, that although she may desire to settle down with Danny and she mm. truly does love him. Yeah. The, the pull of the wild, if you like, is kind of too strong mm. and she describes it as an addiction. And I think yeah. it kind of actually is with her. Yeah. It's, it's something that sort of doesn't, I don't think it really gets like addressed much, like even mm. in any sort of form of Dr. Who is like, how do you sort of like, when, when you've like gone to the stars and throughout space and time, how do you just like go back how to your normal stop? life? Yeah. I mean, I think actually, say, you know, get, I think that they have, they have kind of, I mean, in Sarah Jane, mm-hmm. because we've seen her, it, she's the companion whose life we've kind of seen on TV the most of post Doctor. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, from little throwaway bits in Sarah Jane Adventures, it does change people fundamentally. How could it not? Mm-hmm. But, as well, I think in, in I think it's in School Union that Sarah says, you know, how could I, mm-hmm. after you left me, go about go back to my normal life? Mm-hmm. And they just sort of leave it at that. But in a way, we sort of get told in Sarah Jane that having been with the Doctor inspires people to go on to do great things that they may not have actually done mm-hmm. had they never encountered him. But yeah, so having Clara does kind of flip the script a bit of saying that giving it up is kind of it's almost beyond you mm-hmm. it, it truly is something like you know i don't want to diminish something like alcoholism mm-hmm. but it truly is something that you, you would you would struggle to give up and i think you know if we all put our hands on our hearts if this was us and we had this opportunity i mean could we really give it up mm. for anything no i mean especially knowing that he can drop you i mean this doctor can drop you precisely where you left your life mm. I mean, who's going to know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but of course, obviously, at the end of the episode, we have uh, Clara's uh, wobble. <laughs> now, uh, there was a few people I'd seen on the internet mm. um, who sort of like felt like that was like so kind of like abrupt. But it kind mm. of was because it's, it's clear she's doing it on impulse. You know, it's... Yeah. it's and you also kind of get I the think feeling... There are, yeah, I think there are people who are getting kind of fed up with her flip-floppery. Mm. But it's, uh, I can sort of like, I can see that. But again, like going back to the whole addiction thing, it's it's a vein throughout the, the episode. Like she's, she's sort of telling herself that this is it. But yeah. sort of clearly deep down, you know, it's not. Um, but a lot of people sort of like felt like it cheapened the end of Kill the Moon. Mm. Which I'm not sure if it necessarily does because obviously, yes, I mean, it was a very powerful ending. Mm. But a lot of that was done out of anger on Clara's part. Deserved anger. Mm. You can see sort of Clara's point of view mm-hmm. that she, you know, desires this kind of stability and home life or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you've got this guy who can offer her amazing things, even though he's an asshole and mm-hmm. he's difficult to deal with. 
and she still really is quite conflicted about whether he is just sort of you know like the the ultimate pragmatist in mm-hmm. that he will do what is necessary to to achieve the most positive outcome he can mm-hmm. or if he's truly heartless and as she does throw out there at the end of the the episode and just does things for you know whatever mm. sort of thing but i think she sort of finally comes to the conclusion you know amazing says it as well that he's a he's a good egg mm-hmm. fundamentally when you drill right down into it he's a good guy mm-hmm. But the way he's say, I mean, like he says, sometimes you have decisions Mm. and they're all bad ones, but you still have to choose. Mm. So, yeah, but I think that for me, it did. It didn't so much. I don't want to use the word cheapen for the end of Kill the Moon, Mm. but I think I might have liked, you know, the Doctor be a bit more solo and perhaps things to maybe not go quite as smoothly as they do in this episode. Mm. Um, Maybe sort of a touch of the midnights where he kind of sort of starts to lose control over the situation. Mm. Maybe he gets challenged a bit and actually says, hang on a minute, I'm actually, the way I'm approaching my life now needs some mitigation and mm-hmm. she helps me do that i would have kind of liked a bit of hand on hearts if you like yeah and a bit of a mea culpa from him and a bit of reconciliation i would have liked to see you know that scene where he just lands in a flat again and says come on we're going for a trip mm-hmm. and that kind of discussion yeah i think that that would have been a nice addition um but you know so he do sort of get a bit of a mea culpa from him at the end you know when he yeah when he's talking about that he's he's but he's He's not like apologising for it. No. Because it's just what he does. You know, it's no. what he's always done. Yeah. yeah. He is a he has always been sort of a bit of the never apologize, never explain sort of sort of chap, but this incarnation kind of takes it to the nth degree. Mm. Oh yeah, it's, it's much more pronounced. But I have to say, I think um all told, this is probably Capaldi's greatest work as the doctor because he gets a lot mm. of stuff to do because you know he's yeah, the the glue in his face when Clara decides to stay, and uh, just he, he manages like to do it's, it's a lot more sort of like reminiscent of like the Doctor in Deep Breath. You know, he gets to do the comedy, he gets the dark bits, he gets the sardonic humour, mm. and um, I, I really like this one. I think that this, although he's been excellent as the Doctor throughout the series, I think mm. this is sort of like this is the kind of like Doctor I want to see him play. Oh, absolutely! I'll say I think that. Capaldi, you know, we 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 were sort of, you know, we've been. I think every week we've really enjoyed his performance, mm-hmm. but I think he sort of stepped it up to the next level with this week. Yeah, and like you say, he was more like what we saw in Deep Breath because he's got like the humour, the mm-hmm. ultra sarcasm, kind of the darkness, and and you know, he actually, I mean, when Clara's trapped in that room, once she finally gets a word in Edgeways, <laughs> um, his genuine concern for her. Mm. Rather than saying, oh, you know, just stay in there, then I'm busy or something. Yeah. You know, he, he's genuinely concerned. He goes straight there and he tries to get her out. You know, it's it's actually sort of more what we expect from his from the Doctor. And like mm-hmm. you say, that the genuine delight mm-hmm. he has at like when she decides to stay yeah. and knock about with him some more, you know, is is nice. And you think, oh, it, for me, it was a bit like, oh, I sort of get why he wants to kind of hang around and... You know, because he's got sort of genuine like and affection for her, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's it's sort of finally in this episode, we kind of see a bit of that. Yeah. But also, I think one of the surprising standout moments is when uh, Capaldi does his little, little bit of Tom Baker impersonation. 
Mm. I thought that was, it was like, it just when he when he dropped his voice an octave and that was all it took. And it's like, whoa. Yeah, it was really Tom Bakerish. And I mean, the, but the whole talking to himself thing as well is very mm. Baker. Mm. And yeah, I mean, I thought that was, that was great. But I mean, the whole bit where... Um, you know, I mean, I don't think there's many doctors who, I mean, because when the the mythology professor guy is mm-hmm. uh, confronted with the mummy and he says, oh, dear, hard cheese, can you tell me more details like that? I, <laughs> I don't know who else could get away with that. Yeah. The whole bit's when um, they're trying to, like, figure out the, the mummy, as to where, um, it was really yeah. good, especially um, when it uh, comes with Captain Quell, his, his turn to get deaded. And um, there's, like, Quite pretty good special effect actually when uh, the doctor steps in front of the mummy and it's sort of and it phases through him. That was that was very good. I really like that. Yeah, that was a that was a creepy effect and something that I've always sort of contended as well. Mummies, uh, well, I mean the the foretold mm-hmm. as it's actually called, which I think is an awesome name for mm. a for a for a monster. Mummies are such a fourth tier creepy monster. I mean mm. they're so for me, you know, they're below like vampires and zombies and werewolves and all of those things but to kind of make it convincingly scary mm. and for it to to as the doctor says you know you you sort of get the impression with this doctor he kind of deeply disbelieves in mythology and all that sort of thing you know mm. he assists its tech right from word go and he's proven correct mm-hmm. but yeah to sort of make the the um the foretold like properly scary mm. i thought was actually quite quite a good quite a quite a leap for the production team because like i say i don't usually find mummies or anything like that is scary in the least mm. and it was a decent effect as well i think it's so easy for it to look super cheap because it's just a bloke in sort of bandages or whatever you know mm. but uh yeah i think they did a really good job yeah the overall look at this was just great the, the, the period piece obviously you know the bbc they do that stuff excellently yeah if you want um, a period piece bbc the one you call and can we can i just say mm-hmm. clara looked outstanding in that dress mm. i don't know though I, I think she has a bit of a contender in foxes yeah but mind you i'm i've got a bit of a beef with foxes uh-huh. as far as i'm concerned freddie mercury is sacrosanct <laughs> and i really think with that song i really want to be hitting zombies with a with a snooker cue <laughs> to that song i don't really want a jazz version of it but so i could take or leave that myself <laughs> Have you actually? Um, there's a, a music video of like her performing the full song, but it has all sorts of cl- clips throughout the series, including stuff. It's from the next... seen it. Yeah, mm. it's, it's good. Good. Uh, good um, to see a bit of um, in the forest at the night because I was wondering how they were going to like do that, and it looks uh, pretty interesting actually. Yeah, absolutely, it does. Shall we talk a bit about Frank Skinner? Hmm. I thought he was really good in this. Yeah, he surprised me actually. I thought yeah. it was. I mean, he was basically, he wasn't playing himself, but Mm. I mean, you know, I don't think he was really sort of having to squeeze his acting muscle too hard himself. But I thought they were obviously trying to lead us down, I think they were sort of beginning to, trying to lead us down the path of he might be Gus. Mm. But this seems to not be the case. But um, yeah, it it was quite interesting that, um, you know, the guy who's the engineer on the train just happens to be the sort of second second cleverest person on the on the ride <laughs> yeah um but it was a good uh, little bit between him and capaldi when uh he, he's like brings the doctor like all this the stuff after he uh talks to the captain and he says uh that was very that was quick perkins a little too quick he says oh yes because obviously i'm with you or maybe i've already been looking into it <laughs> I just yeah it was a lovely little moment and um 
Actually, I did find out that um, when they had that little scene on board the TARDIS at the end, um, Frank Skinner did actually ask if they could do an alternate take where um, Perkins actually decided to stay. <laughs> I think it's interesting that he decided not to. Mm. I think that, say, I mean, I know that I'm sort of, I'm not disparaging Frank Skinner's ability to act, but I mean, when you saw those bits of the Doctor being especially callous, mm-hmm. and you can see on his face that he's a bit like, oh, blimey. Mm-hmm this guy sort of thing. So I think it's sort of quite telling that he sort of went, do you know what? You're all right, actually. Mm-hmm. I think I'll pass. <laughs> because yeah. I think obviously he sees in the doctor something he doesn't really care for. Mm. No, that's uh, understandable. And I, I think mm. it gets the sense that it, some of it could rub off on him. You know, it's oh, his, absolutely, uh, yeah. could change your mind. Yeah, Absolutely. I say I think I was actually like I say I was sort of presently surprised, pleasantly surprised by Brian and you know his performance, and I thought he was you know quite interesting, and mm. it, it was, and it was sort of a very, it was quite a Moffatty character. Mm. This guy, I think, you know, this sort of uh, it's sort of what the X Files was really good at back in the day. Mm-hmm. That there would be the kind of this mysterious guy who would tell you all the bits of information <laughs> you needed to know and then they go, Oh thank you, sir, and walk off. Yeah. And be like, that's super, now we know this, this is this But um I do just I have to give it a shout out to John Sessions as uh, Gus. Just so wonderfully sort of cheerful, even though he's trying to like kill. So what he reminded me of, actually, mm. is if anyone's played Bioshock, the mm. game, it was quite reminiscent of that, especially how it worked, you know, like sort of the little thumbs up and the thumbs down. Mm-hmm. It was quite like sort of the, if you've played the game, the circus of values thing. Yeah. So sort of the comeback when you got some more money, buddy, like that sort of thing. <laughs> so it was quite reminiscent of that for me. And obviously, because mm-hmm. it's, it's a 1920s-esque setting Mm -hmm. it's kind of that sort of steampunk because there's one that you do get a shot of that guy with kind of a big eye thing Mm -hmm. it's kind of that sort of steampunky kind of cogs and gears and sort of um what do you call it in radios and things like that sort of the bulbs and Mm -hmm. transistors and things like that that kind of sort of future past kind of feel vacuum tubes and things like that Mm. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for, vacuum tubes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of wonder whether we'll uh, see a return of Gus, actually, because, you know, it's... Yeah, I mean, we're sort of... I think we're sort of obviously being led... I mean, and the Doctor mentions kind of off the cuff that he's been... Tr- that Gus has been trying, or whoever Gus is, has been trying to get the Doctor to come along to this mm. for ages. And he mentions that he managed to ring the TARDIS phone, mm-hmm. which we know only someone else has done by the name of Missy, we assume. Mm. So, I mean, she's been conspicuous by her absence for the last couple of episodes too. Yes. So, um, yeah, I'm. I part of me would obviously want to sort of link all that together. Mm. I mean, but why you would want um, the foretold to mm. come and do that for you, I'm not exactly sure how yeah. it all links in. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of wondering whether he might be like sort of, an equivalent of like house from series six like the sort mm. of disembodied villain that we kind of like hope would come back do you know what i mean um i don't know if i don't know if he ever will but uh it'd be certainly nice to do just to like say whether or not he's actually affiliated with missy but i, I kind of doubt it somehow i don't know if it's mm. i mean again it's that thing with moffat in that because you know he he's so into this whole thing of callbacks mm-hmm. 
you almost end up scaring you end up scaring the episode looking for clues which maybe don't exist. Yeah. You end up going down blind alleys and it's never as complicated as you think it is. Yeah. Damn you, Moffat. Damn you. Um I think another thing another thing that really stuck out to me in this episode is mm. yet again with the soldier motif. Yeah. It's how many episodes is this now? This has got to be what? Hang on. So this is episode Four, eight. Eight. So um, you had the soldiers in into the Dalek. Yeah. Had the whole had young Danny in Glisten. Yep. Uh, and all about it in Caretaker. In Caretaker. Uh, I mean, it's been mentioned, I think, in actually every episode, hmm. virtually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, but obviously you've got this, you know, our poor lad with PTSD. Mm-hmm. We've got the thing that um, the foretold is a soldier from an extremely ancient war mm. and is only, you know, he finally can stand down mm-hmm. once his enemy has surrendered, in inverted commas. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's yet again with this motif. And, I sort again, I sort of wonder where we're going with it. Mm. Is it really only to kind of hammer in this conflict between the Doctor and Danny mm. and their sort of their moral standpoints or is there are we going to be sort of towards the end are we going to be forced into a situation where the Doctor ends up having to command an army is put in a position where he has to make a military decision something like that mm. the other thing is is like the Doctor doesn't really make a big deal of it in this no. one which is interesting I think it, it it was sort of more a case of when he sort of walked in and saw all the bravery awards and mm-hmm. um and the honorable you know, discharge sort of in that. Yeah, the honorable discharge after <laughs> his worst nightmare of being a mystery shopper, which I thought was very funny. Um <laughs> You know, and we've both worked in retail environments, so yeah, mystery shoppers are our ultimate enemy. Mm. Um, it's <laughs> it was interesting that he sort of really, obviously, you know that when once he saw those, he was going in with like a prejudged notion of this man, mm-hmm. and made some quite sweeping comments, even to get a rise out of him or get him to do something. And then when he sort of said, "Why am I even bothering talking to you?" Mm-hmm. You feel like he sort of almost made his mind up about the man, yeah. having sort of seen a brief glimpse of his history and just sort of decided to kind of give up on him at that point because he thought, right, okay, he's going to fit into this mould and I'm done with him. Mm. You know, and fair juice to the guy. I mean, he does very quick, half to blaming the Doctor for it, he, he basically turns around that within a minute because we have the, the countdown timer on the screen yeah. at the same time. Once he sees the evidence, he's not going to blindly carry on and continue to blame the Doctor, which we would have seen in other episodes. Mm. And it's quite interesting that in the moment of his death says turns around to the doctor says thank you for waking me up yeah and the doctor and the doctor's reaction to sort of being told he has ptsd isn't sympathy it's just kind of an oh Mm -hmm. you kind of don't get the impression that he sort of understands or he can acknowledge it Mm -hmm. he's just sort of you can almost sort of see the doctor saying well you put yourself in that situation You chose to be a soldier, therefore accept the consequences. Almost, you can mm. sort of in, infer that on him. Yeah, but I'm just—I I say, as a looking at sort of an overall story point, mm. I am sort of—I'm very curious as to where they're going with this to kind of continually hammer this point for virtually every episode that mm. we've seen so far. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't really know if I could speculate about this because of <laughs> this could literally go anywhere. This is my fact. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we could absolutely go anywhere. I mean, mm. and it may be a thing of like we we don't get an answer. Mm. That's true. It could just be a mm. you know, it could it like I say it could just be that they brought it up to sort of represent a difference between the Doctor and Danny. Mm. 
but yeah, I think that um, so an interesting thing that came up in sort of my travels uh, since this episode went out and um, sort of in fandom generally, I've been to conventions in the meantime, and mm. it was quite interesting that a couple of people sort of said to me, "Oh, you know, do you like it?" Sort of thing, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm down with it. I'm enjoying it. I think Capaldi's very good." And there were people who like don't like it, and mm. I had someone claim to me that this was a majority view. Which is interesting because part of me thinks, well, this is what you asked for. Hmm. Every, I mean, especially in hardcore fandom, it does feel like that ever, ever since 2005, people have been saying that he's not alien enough, he's not harsh enough, he's hmm. not, you know, this or that enough. And you sort of think, well, Moffat has given you everything you've asked for in Capaldi. And you're not happy. And you're not happy. Hmm. Maybe it's just a case of uh, you'd only get what you need. Yeah, you know. Well, I mean, as well. I mean, I don't really want to cite the old John Nathan Turner memory cheats of Maxim in this, but it it does apply here, I think, as well. I mean, because during the first episode, I was watching with a group of fans, and uh, there was someone uh, just sort of talking and introducing the episode, Mm -hmm. and they were saying that the production team have promised the Doctor that we all remember. Right. Mm-hmm. And I remember sort of thinking and then sort of the episode went out and we were all talking about it and people sort of commenting on Capaldi's performance. And part of me thinks that you don't remember this doctor because he's never been like this before. Mm. I mean, something that I, I sort of mentioned saying that sort of when we were moaning about the caretaker saying this is sort of Pertwee at his worst. Yeah. But even Pertwee never went as far, no. even like the Sixth Doctor, you'd be struggling to match the kind of the the sort of the callous aspects of this Doctor to the six. Mm. So I do think there might be a touch of like, oh, this is what you want. We'll suck on this sort of thing. Mm. And, you know, I don't think the Doctor has ever been like this before. And these whole claims of, you know, the production team's finally giving us the Doctor we all remember. You don't remember this Doctor because he's never been this harsh before. Yeah. Which is which is kind of interesting because that's that's a kind of like a dangerous game for them to play, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, Obviously, I am I am massively supposing that this is the this is the mindset that they're going into this doctor with. Mm. That they're saying, okay, right, you want a really alien, standoffish, you know, hard to deal with doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, everything's been too cuddly. It's too family. It's too many cuddles, kisses, all this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Here, here's the here's the real deal right here. Yeah, they put their foot down with it. They put their foot right down with it. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I think that we've seen in the past, especially this episode, I think, as well, we've seen some softer elements come into Capaldi's performance. Mm-hmm. So I think they're playing a long game with it, like they wanted to do with the Sixth Doctor. But the reaction has, you know, it's not overwhelmingly negative, but I think it's the most negative reaction I've heard from a new Doctor. Because every new Doctor, I mean, when 10 came in, 11 came in, Mm -hmm. it was like rhapsodies of like, this guy's so much better than the last one. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the reception, I think it's been much more mixed amongst sort of the more hardcore fan community. Mm, I think it's it's probably just because of such a severe gear change. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's 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 such a change from Matt Smith. And again, something that I mentioned last week that I can't imagine anyone any other doctor doing Kill the Moon. Mm. I would struggle to put another doctor in this. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, imagine, you know, Tennant trying to I mean, I could I say I think that the doctor's kind of resolution of taking uh, Maisie's grief and sort of putting it on himself and mm. so he could see the foretold and putting himself in that position mm. that is something the other doctors would do yeah but I think 
you almost get the impression through Capaldi's performance that it's really Clara who pushes him to do it. That mm. he had the eye. I mean, he says on the beach that, um, you know, I, I couldn't let Gus know my plans, blah, blah, blah. And so maybe he had it in his mind to try it. Mm. But I do wonder if it was sort of finally Clara yeah. who sort of pushed him to make, sort of attempt it, if mm. you like. Well, he says it himself. He said, um, you know, I didn't know if I could save her. You yeah. Know? So it's it's like a contingency he had in mind, but he didn't know whether it would work. And he says, I would just move on to the next person, to the next person, until I beat it. Mm. You know? It's, it's, this is probably the most pragmatic the Doctor's been, I think. Yeah. Without... I mean, he's truly like a... I mean, something that... You know, he's truly sort of a big picture guy. Mm-hmm. In that obviously, we, us sort of living on Earth and not knowing anything about anyone else, mm-hmm. we we sort of struggle to see beyond the immediate. Whereas, because he's sort of a citizen of the universe, mm-hmm. if you like, he he sees kind of the wide implications. You have to sort of stop the foretold. He has killed hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. If you if four more people die, but you ultimately stop him from killing hundreds yet more, mm-hmm. it's been worth it. Yeah. So to speak, or it is it is it is achieved the goal of stopping the the foretold, mm-hmm. but at this cost. Yeah, and you that's the thing. I think that that's where rather than this rather than this whole soldier motif that they're sort of going for. Mm-hmm. I think that my preference would be that his his pain comes from making these decisions. But mm-hmm. like Clara says, you don't have to. Yeah. You could opt to not put yourself in these positions, but he does because he's addicted to it. It's mm. implied that he can't stop doing it. Yeah, I don't know whether in his case it's more the addiction is more sort of like uh, who else would? Yeah, if he, if he doesn't do it, then who else is going to do it? Yeah, could be even be better both. Cause... Yeah, I mean it's it's really I mean you know say what you like about this series. I think it's it. Again, what's something I really like about the way Moffat approaches the series in that I've always said that I've really appreciated his his attitude to the time travel aspect of the series, that mm-hmm. he's kind of exploited it in a way that no one else has done so far. And with this series, I think he's actually really opening up some really interesting questions about the Doctor-companion relationship, about the Doctor psyche, about the companion's kind of dilemma, if mm-hmm. you like. He's asking some interesting questions, and I think the... You know, I, I expressed that, you know, I would like them to just go on a bloody adventure mm-hmm. once, you know, for this series. And um, I still do feel a little bit like that way. But as a long term fan, I also appreciate that they're trying to do something a bit different. Mm. I mean, this is this is not the sort of thing you probably ever had in the classic series. Oh, no, never, because you it was a much more kind of it was it was expected that you would never see these things again. Mm. So it really this whole analysis part of it was very much diminished. It's like sort Mm. of Star Trek in that we want someone to come and sit down for 45 minutes or 20 minutes or however long the episode is, watch the episode and come back next week to watch the next bit. Mm -hmm. And we want the adventure to move in a way that compels people to want to come in. But, you know, we're not expecting anyone to be sitting down (laughs) and sort of extensively picking over the Doctor's actions or watching this bit again or screen capping this. It was never sort of envisioned in that way. It was kind of, you know, a one and done, you know, watch it, enjoy it, forget about it kind of thing. Hmm. So while the classic series may sort of not really stand up to that analysis, I think that the expectation that people were going to see things again and again and again and go back and marathon things, the TV is much more geared to that now. 
mm-hmm. that you would sit down and watch things in one huge chunk or you know you'd get the box set or you would watch these things over and over and over again mm-hmm. that is that is the expectation now where it never was before yeah so final thoughts before we move on to the scores i'm saying no i think that um it again i'm saying i'm i'm sort of been not taken aback, but I've been impressed by how consistently good this series has been. Mm-hmm. For me, you know, it's been one clunker and one kind of average one, mm-hmm. really. But everything else has actually been very good. And uh, so far, you know, with with sort of at the two-thirds mark now, yeah. yeah, I mean, if we can sort of maintain this level, I mean, it's it may well be kind of, you know, I don't want to put the mockers on it, but maybe one of the most dense mm-hmm. and interesting series of Doctor Who that's come out. Mm. I totally agree. My per- my final thought is I loved uh, the- Clara's caller ID for the uh, Doctor, the little grey yeah. stick insect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was very good. Mm-hmm. So what, what score are you going to give this one? Uh, it's going to get a solid eight from me. Mm. I think I'll probably give it a nine, actually, because mm. uh, I, I this was just... This was kind of like what I was hoping for. I mean, yeah, yeah, as you say, yeah, we could maybe have a little bit more of an adventure, but I think this one fit the bill quite nicely. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was definitely there. I think there's lots to pick over if you're tremendous nerds like we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, if you're just watching it as as an adventure, it serves that purpose very well. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was... I think just the ending was a touch pat for me. Mm. That You know, that you know, we all teleport away and, you know, the shit blows up and that's kind of it. <laughs> I mean, you know, and that's that doesn't take away from the rest of the episode. Mm. But again, a bit like Kill the Moon, mm. it just sort of stops. Nah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's you know, for a, a bit of entertainment, that's perfectly fine. And so I say, that's the only thing that kind of stops it from getting that nine for me. Mm. Okay. Well, we'd like to hear what you thought about uh, Mummy on the Orient Express. You can uh, email us at greatestshow at simplysyndicated.com. Uh, also, Emma, you were on the Facebook page, if you'd be so kind as to tell people about that. Do indeed. Head over to facebook.com and in the search bar just pop uh, the Greatest Show in the Galaxy podcast and we should come up. Uh, jot something on our wall. We've now got 50 likes. Hooray. Ooh. So more <laughs> the merrier. Yep. Uh, also, you can follow us at Greatest Show Pod on Twitter. Um, while you're on Simply Syndicated, do check out all the other shows. Do check out Simply Everything. And uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Anything else you want to add, Emma? Um, yeah, if you'd like to hear me react live to the Detroit Lions Minnesota Vikings game, which is going on right now, Detroit are seventeen nil up. Come on, lads, five minutes to go. Please don't let me down again. <laughs> Good night, yes, everybody. Detroit Lions, you will be the death of me. <laughs> oh dear. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>